The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is the Unpack Podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation at the Unpack Pod on Twitter, also on Instagram. For no reason, I'm Zach Rapport holding it down in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I am talking fast because throwback, we're on the personal Zoom today, so we have a 40-ish minute time limit. No pre-show meeting. I'm seeing your guys' faces here for the first time, and uh, yeah, I don't know. No pre-show meeting. Let's go. Let's go. It's better just to let her rip sometimes. <laughs> just like Baker Mayfield. Just stand back there and let her rip. <laughs> yeah, except for maybe not Monday night's version of Baker. Ooh. He's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Am I, like, he seems, he's a pretty um, unliked guy. I don't have a problem <laughs> with it. I, I like that about him, but I also don't have to root for him. He, he's like got like, you know, that attitude. I don't know. He's just. I'm fine with him personally. I mean, it, he's he's harmless when he's not winning games, I guess. So, yeah, I had no problem with him. <laughs> um, competing against him, well, not me personally, but the squad competing against him on Monday night. Um, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't really he doesn't really move me one way or the other. He's just kind of like he just kind of is at this point. Baker Mayfield just kind of is. Any thoughts? <laughs> Any thoughts, boys? Maybe we should have had that pre-show meeting. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I love it. I I thought I thought there was a technical difficulty. I, I definitely thought there was something wrong because I saw Zach's face and I heard him say "uh oh," and then I I don't know. I was just rattled from there. Well, okay. Well, anyway, we'll, now yeah, we'll edit it out. Let's get clunky. There's a little lag. Yeah, we're getting we're getting clunky, just like the Packers kind of clunking into the end of the season here. That was uh, yeah. That was Nick Bornheimer sipping some wine out of a fancy glass. And Alex is here. Alex, how are you? Uh, I'm doing really well. Did somebody check on Greg Olson? Because uh, Quadzilla uh, definitely was arousing on uh, on Monday night, <laughs> especially late at night. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go to his Twitter feed, but I can only imagine if he didn't tweet what was going on in his head, which was bliss. <laughs> yeah. And maybe a little more than that. Uh, it's been a, it's been a busy few months for me. I have still not made the Greg Olson sounder. Um, so that's on <laughs> me guys. That's on me. That's a bad job. Bad job by me. I definitely thought you had. Nope. 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 Slacking. I'm slacking over here. I got a lot 
Got a lot going on. Got holes in my house. Furnaces going in. Rough stretch. <laughs> Rough stretch. The estate needs tending. Yeah. 24 to 12 was the final score over the Rams. Um, the Packers uh, have won a few games. That's nice. Let's talk about it. Let's do note nugs. Uh, notable nuggets. Tweet at us after every game with your bite-sized takeaways. And I'll go first. And it was nice having Campbell back um, at linebacker. Um, he's been gone. Um, a number of weeks and I feel like we fans were a little disappointed in his play this season before he was injured, but I think he makes a big difference. It kind of cascades down um, into some other players. Quay Walker comes to mind who had a standout game and I feel like he doesn't have that game. If, if, um, if Campbell's not there kind of shouldering some of that load, he's the, he's the play caller. He's the setup guy. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought the defense played, played better i mean they shut down a really crappy team maybe it's a hard it's hard to measure against the the rams who have a pretty crap ol but um i don't know in spite of maybe, joe barry but yeah i i 100 agree with you i mean like we've mentioned time and time again the nfc in particular is drunk this year so you never know what version of any team you're going to get week to week and if you're still playing an nfl team and Baker Mayfield, who has seen some success and the offensive line is not, you know, it's a it's just piecemealed together at this point. But I was going to say exactly that Quay Walker flying around. Um, we hadn't seen it over the past handful of weeks without, you know, some of the consistency at linebacking. And it was cool. I mean, it it just it was the first week in a long time where like a win after the fact, I felt like, wow, this when you put everything together which they did not necessarily do but it just it seemed like a team that could in theory compete or make a run if like there were some glaring other holes that were addressed but it was just more or less like a i'm excited about next year if they're able to retain some of the top talent and these young guys continue to be groomed in the system yeah that's uh that's well, there's playoff hopes are alive. A I don't bit. even want to go there. Do we want to go there? I, I mean, I guess we can. Well, here's the thing. I am happy to go there. I'm going there on Twitter. I'm I'm firing off the the sicko memes. I'm at the window. I'm like, yeah, 12.2 percent, yeah. baby. But it's also nice for those um, of us who aren't delusional. And Nick, I guess that's you <laughs> in this case. Um, it's also nice to have, you know, things to look forward to. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're seeing some things with this team. Uh, was that your note note yeah. or you got something else? No, I just interjected on yours. I don't know if you want to expound <laughs> on anything, but nope. Um, okay. Now, I mean, I, I mean, I just, the, the defense was on there. Quay looked good. Amos looked good. Um, he made a couple big plays. Enigbari looked good. Some of these young guys that, well, Amos not being a young guy, but, um, it just like making open field tackles, I thought was pretty sweet. Something we weren't, we, we have not grown accustomed to this season. <laughs> How novel. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, my big thing is I don't know how much we want to get into the Kaylin Caller. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right article and just how much it got kind of blown out of proportion. She's a reporter at The Athletic. Um, and 
bringing some of the intricacies and craziness into the um, audible system or the, you know, change at the line system that Rogers likes to implement and the young guys get confused about. I mean, like that we can get into some of that stuff later, but the, the narrative about um, Watson kind of missing that call at the end of the game, like what things like that, like whether you like to say like it might foreshadow what's going on later in the season or maybe like, you know, like the, he, he wasn't on the ball there. So his head wasn't like things that don't happen in pivotal moments intrinsically don't matter as much. So like Rogers being angry after the fact and then the, the after game interview and just like the kind of snowball effect of, like, oh, you know, run the right routes and you catch touchdowns. I'm like, I don't, how much does it really matter? Like, the game was already in hand at that point. My whole thing is, like, it's just become this, like, crazy narrative over the last couple of days. Maybe because there's not as much playoff hope to talk about with the Packers and you got to boil down to something. But it didn't really, like, I saw it happen. I'm like, all right, well, he's going to pay more attention to that next time or maybe make the play change a little more clear or whatever it just didn't it didn't weigh as heavy on me because the game was already in hand i do think that so we can i think that when yeah. a team is not good <laughs> the packers are you know they are what they are um 12.2 percent baby um when a team is not good there's uh, a lot more to talk about and also you know like with the article that you mentioned hand signal gate or, or whatever, which I yeah. missed. I was so unplugged this week and then got on Twitter and game day. I was like, what is everyone talking about? And like kind of retroactively learned about it. I think there's also, um, over the last few years, just this, um, this, there's like a piling on, on the like Rogers versus the like receivers dynamic, that we've seen, you mm-hmm. know, with guys like Tyler Dunn and and other people who, you know, other other people putting words on the internet that that go kind of viral. But the hand signal thing, I if I could plug really quickly our our friend and colleague John Meerdink, and I apologize, John, I don't know if he published this at AcmePackingCompany.com or his own site, The Power Sweep, but there's a free plug for uh, his site. Um, good and smart and reasonable coverage. Um, he did a little bit of a dive into trying to like break down the myth essentially of Rogers and rookie receivers and how they're never on the same page. And it takes so long for these guys to like get up to speed. And that, that is a particularity about Aaron Rodgers and how complicated he makes everything. And he basically just poked a bunch of holes in it and said, you know, the conclusion is just the, the receivers, um, don't perform any worse than you would expect them to perform relative to their peers on other teams in similar situations. And he had a bunch of metrics going into it. Really interesting. I'm doing him a disservice, but you should check it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Yep. Yeah. I think that that's one piece of the argument that was a, a glaring miss was it what it's got to be relative to the wide receivers in a brand new system seeing offense and scheme that they've never 
experienced before and seeing a defense that's faster than they've ever experienced before. There has to, there has to be, um, kind of more that factors into that equation. So listen, I, I, I only heard, I, I'm having a hard time making my way through McAfee shows with Rogers <laughs> these days. And so I only heard clips Bless you for even but trying. Hi, I am too. Yeah, bad. I know. I know. Um, his, his dismissal of the article was abhorrent and gross and like, cause it was still a well-reported article, I think. Cause I, I did read it and I just think there are like, I can understand where there are certain details extrapolated out where I'm like, yeah, I mean, I see that. Um, but there's also just, you're talking to people that found their way into the NFL through the Packers system. And then once they move on to another system, they already have a bit of that NFL tenure and experience. So the game slows down a little bit. I think it's a mixture of Rogers just being a dick and expecting way too much out of his team and kids just being young and trying to figure stuff out. And he talks about simplifying the offense like he has earlier on in the season. But then when you don't run the offense, and you try to make these changes, like you're going to have some growing pains. So I think he ex- he expects more perfection than is possible out of some young guys. And this is the first time in his career that there hasn't been like a legitimate great veteran receiver that he's had to like kind of coach some of these guys. Because Alan Lazard isn't that. He's, you know, I mean, he's their number one receiver, but he was a number three receiver not too long ago he he's not number one anymore no. well that, now, that's yeah. how, that's how much of a one he was right it took uh christian watson like five weeks to replace him like yeah. being healthy but but you're right i mean yeah i mean he was the one isn't that funny though there was so much hype around lazard i was th- that's <laughs> what i was thinking on, on on monday night i was like Lazard could not be there, and it's not going to change my opinion on this receiving core because he has been quickly surpassed by at least two rookies and arguably a very old Randall Cobb. But at the same (laughs) time, I think that, not to go on a Lazard tangent, um, but he does so many different things very well that he is a great compliment. And so, and exactly, you know, being able to have him on the field with Cobb with Watson, with Dobbs, all at the same time, you know, has that right, happened yeah, at yeah, any yeah. point this year? I, I mean, I'm not trying to come down on the guy, but, um, and I know that, that uh, he blocks very well. I also why feel do you like, hate Alan Lazard. That's what I want to know. Yeah. I'm take. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think peace. Yeah. You want to know the real reason? Um, no, actually I don't at all. Uh, I, also was going to say it's a scary proposition that I feel like Christian Watson is becoming a decent blocker. He was yep. like holding the edge in such a cool way. Like 200 plus pound dudes. You can't be both, man. You can't be like the fastest guy in the field and the most physical guy in the field. And I feel like he's trending that way. That's scary. <laughs> what do you mean you can't? Like it's not us. fair. <laughs> It seems impossible. Well, like, yeah, like usually, you know, you have that's what Lazard is for. It's like, dude, stop blocking so much. That's that's my thing. It's like, come on. <laughs> um, I just I, I think with those guys on the field, you can scheme a lot of really cool things. And then just like an elite backfield, 
like this is why the, this is the first time all season that I've been like, oh man, like there is something to really build on. Um, I knew that I knew the pieces or like the idea was there. It's just I hadn't seen it come into action. And I mean, mm-hmm. let's not get it twisted. They scored 24 points on a bad football yeah. team. But I just like I see some of the things that get me excited in a way that I hadn't been really for should have been the majority. Should have been 31. Should have been 31. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. Alex, give me a note nug. Uh, my note nug is that I absolutely refuse to believe that one man, and I feel like I already talked about this on a previous pod, that one man can be this big of a difference in an entire unit other than a quarterback, and that man is Kishon Nixon oh, yeah. in the Packers return game. There is no, like, something else also had to have changed. It can't just be that Amari Rogers was holding this team back because Nixon is Probably the most dangerous returner in the NFL right now. And um, I saw uh, Justice posted. I know they talked about it on the uh, the repack too after the game. Uh, Nixon now has a five game streak of 100 plus return yards. Yep. Um, and that is the first since 2010 when there was like legit return men like Amendola, like where guys made Darren Sproles. Stefan Logan, I don't remember Logan so much, but like guys used to make a living out of this. Then some rules changed and then it just became a total non-thing. And it's a thing for the Packers after we had to endure. It's like we we deserve it. We absolutely deserve it for what we had to endure in the Amari Rodgers I mean, yeah, uh, tenure. Yeah. Or like the Alan Rossum is the last guy I can remember that like you felt had a legitimate chance of taking it to the house. And, and he's bringing it out from nine yards back in the end zone. It's so weird but like is it really just him like is something else doesn't it make you mad to think if it is just that like how how has it taken this long yes yeah Yeah. um especially given that people are attributing like the familiarity between bisaccia and nixon having coached and play you know having been together in their previous lives before the packers like you would think he would be in a rush to get his guy well, on I was, the field. I was listening to, I believe it was um, the Green 19 pod with the JS Online folks, and I think it was Tom Silverstein talking about that very fact, and he said that um, Nixon with the Raiders didn't actually really return punts, I think. He only did kicks, and he only did a handful of them, and then he made the point that in practice, you really can't learn very much about returners because of the way that they run practice like you just don't know until it's it's live reps now i would well i made that point on the podcast too yeah. i was saying like there's no way to simulate yeah. that like absolutely he's 100 percent right but at yeah. the same time it's like i don't know you got preseason you got the first couple games of the season like you rotate you, you pick your six guys that you think could be decent at it and you just rotate them around and you find the ones who are reliably good and you just do otherwise it's just it just feels like bad self-scouting and if it's bad self-scout I mean that's just on the coaching staff that's on the the GM on down it's not it's once you really start to think about it it doesn't make you feel very positively about the the people running the show honestly yeah I a hundred percent agree like I let's just put it this way like I I'm very excited and I think that there's a uh whole bunch of factors as to why the Packers offense recently has actually been very good. But that five game streak also happens to coincide with them going three and two in those five games and scoring at least 24 points in all but one of them. And there was this was an inept offense that was disgusting to watch. 
after week four or whatever it was, after they won three in a row, that we were just complaining about and saying, like, how could they possibly be this bad? And it turns out, like, I don't know, a couple decent returns can set you. Like, I'm, are you guys confident that they can score now? Like, early in the season, I kept saying, like, damn, I wish I would have, like, gotten in on taking Packers unders earlier. And now for the past, like, couple weeks, I've been winning on Packers overs because the lines have been so low because their offense is yeah. so brutal. And now it's going the other way. I mean, there so were I'm a couple weeks that. earlier in the season where every time the Packers managed to score a touchdown, I tweeted out a, a gif of like someone rolling a boulder uphill. And I was like, why did, was that so hard? Why did that take two and a half quarters to get in yeah. the end zone? No, it's Ugh. just, it's, it, yeah. It's I, I think all of it culminating into, <laughs> I mean, like when you start with the ball at your own 40, it's a, it's a lot easier to go 60 yards than 90 yards. Um, and there's like there's just a headspace thing where you're like, all right, like there's a, a, a you have a a built in momentum. I think that has to make a difference. Yeah. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah, totally well, agree. I'm not. It's it's not special teams. It's guy fence, and we tried to disparage <laughs> oh, it right. early on in the season, and then we almost instantly retracted our statement and said, you know what? It is it is almost equatable to the offense and the defense because we've seen it make such a well now especially we've seen it make such an important difference well so, for an offense that for a while was struggling to put points on the board you know starting your drive at the 18 versus at the 40 is a that's a big fucking deal yeah mm. anyway all yeah. right uh well i want to do i want to do one listener note nug and then we'll throw it to break i thought this will put a finer point on this game against the rams the glenn tweeted in that was definitely a game of football. No denying that. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt at the end. Like it was, yeah. it was fun to watch. It never kind of felt in doubt. They won. That's great. But it was like, yep, that that certainly happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. It's not a game I think many of us will remember in a year or two. All right. With that, we are going to throw it to break. And when we come back, we're going to read some uh, poetry. It's been a few weeks, but we're going to do it. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I got my eyes, got my eyes on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> with this, yeah, with this how are you free zoom countdown. Uh, we are looking we got like 17 minutes. That's we got I had loads of time. I, I you know, you guys were in radio. You guys probably had like a big clock 
counting down things for like ad reads and all that stuff. The producers in your ear. 10 seconds. Yeah. Yep. That's what we do. That's like kind of my job, but I just have to say it on mic for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could be texting us, but we're definitely not looking at our phones. So, ooh, actually, maybe I should for generate corner. Hopefully we can fit that in. Too. Yeah. But well, let's cut right to the chase with uh, with some poetry. I'll usher us in behind the beaded curtain. Breathe in, breathe in. I hereby propose a full moratorium. No more in the hunt. Now, I'm not talking about talking about the Packers' playoff chances because I am all the way there, 12.2% and climbing, baby. Let's do it. I'm talking about the phrase in the hunt. We've hit on this a few times now over the past few weeks, but we can do better than that, right? I think I saw um, a few weeks ago on a Monday Night Football game, they called the category sniffing around. They had their 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 clinchers, the wild card, and then sniffing around <laughs> and we texted a little bit back and forth um about this but i thought we could uh, we could use our platform here to brainstorm an idea or two for um for what we're calling this category because in the it's been in the hunt for too long let's let's work this is this things. is what producers this is what producers at espn are obviously doing because i feel like they are purposely putting these phrases for us to notice because uh this past week with the packers on monday night football um, obviously it was more noticeable for us and it was call me maybe, yeah. <laughs> which like we could do better than that. Like we, we can do better than that. That's what they had the category label. I think I jokingly texted you perusing the salad bar. That's better. That doesn't make, that makes zero sense. And to me, that's better than call me maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Salad bars. <laughs> remember, remember salad bars. So remember good. sneeze guards. Oh man. That, that's a Wisconsin staple. I mean, hitting the supper club. When I make it back for the holidays, you got to hit the salad bar. I was doing a little Zoom hang with some uh, some old friends um, in Milwaukee, and we were reminiscing about the uh, the Sizzler in Milwaukee that got closed down because it got everyone sick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I forgot about that. Oh, that's like a a pillar memory of my child. I have like eight childhood memories, and that is the Sizzler getting closed is one of them. <laughs> All right. So, what are what are some nominations? I would like to nominate. I, I only I only came up with one, but I feel like it's a good one. Looking for parking. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're circling around the lot or circling around the block. You guys can relate to this in in New York, and it's like when I, when I last lived in New York, I did this service called Car to Go because I didn't have a car. Where it's like a little app, and you get in like get like a smart car, and you pay by the mm. minute basically. Um, and then, you know, you run your errand, you do whatever, you go to Ikea, whatever. Um, and then when you're back in your neighborhood, you're on the clock, you're paying by the minute and you have to find parking. And I swear I've spent like 40 minutes driving around Queens, like a six block radius looking for parking. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, looking for parking. I'm throwing it in the ring. That's good. I actually, mine's kind of similar to that, um, which I... I had a couple written down, but I think it's only appropriate now that this is the one I lead with. Um, and mine is trying to get the bartender's attention. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because it's, 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 it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the same thing, especially out here or on a crowded night. 
in Milwaukee, maybe, you know, in the Deer District, you're, you know, six rows of people back, yep. you're, you know, trying to bulldoze your way through the crowd. Yep. And it's like, what do I want to do? Am I going to flash the cash? Do I want to do the credit card? How do I not make this offensive, but let them know that I want to get a drink? <laughs> I feel like, so if you are, if you, if you are like a division winner, if you've like fully clinched, you are sitting in a stool at the bar and you know the bartender. Yep. It's yeah, just, exactly. They're just bringing you, you don't even need to say anything. The, the Eagles have had rounds of free shots and while, while we're still looking to just get our first drink. Yeah, if there was a list <laughs> with, the, with the bouncer outside, they were on it. Yep. They've got oh, a roped oh. off little area in the back. The wild card is like you're at the bar standing trying to get the attention, but you're first row. <sighs> And then everyone yeah, else is just behind yeah. there being like, please notice that I ex- I've been here for 30 minutes. Yeah. I just want to be stresses stresses me out just thinking about <laughs> it. I, I, you know, I've made it through most of my life without having any height envy as a pretty, you know, shorter guy on the spectrum. But short king, is, I think uh, the, what the kids the, say. The, the, yeah. The absolute best thing about height that the only time I've ever been like, I, I would love to be tall is in that exact scenario, because if you send if you got like a friend who's six two, six three, or over, and you send him to the bar, you're gonna be amazed at how fast he comes back with drinks oh, yeah. compared to you in that scenario. So, um, you know, pack Packers right now are like a, you know, a short king, a five nine guy. They're struggling. <laughs> yeah. They're trying. They're yeah. The Packers are a short king. They've got they're waving plastic at the bar, and it's cash only. They got to go to the ATM and start all over. Um, God. We forgot our cash. Our cash was, I don't know what, AJ Dillon's legs that get, they get activated uh, when the temperature is below freezing or whatever. <laughs> oh, what did you call him? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, AJ Dillon was, um, his nickname is the Ice Fisherman because he only, he only comes to play when, once the lakes are frozen over, that's, that's when he's getting rolled. <laughs> Other than that, he's out of yep. season, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we talked about it earlier this season and it came to fruition. Man, he's been rolling. Yeah. Alex, you have a uh, you have an in the hunt proxy. Oh, <laughs> I don't really have any good it's ones. Right. The one that comes to mind is uh, to- toes in the water, toes dipping in- our toes in the water. I like it. I like it. Toes in we're the not, water. We're feeling out, feeling out the temperature, not quite going all the way in. Definitely not going deeper than the knees because that's where it gets real tough yeah um i know that game yeah oh yeah um so yeah we're we're just you know dipping our toes in feeling out the temp seeing how it goes i mean i i didn't want them to make the playoffs and now i do i have to be honest with you like this is one of those seasons that's going to be infuriating because they will fall short and they will fall short at, at, either, right at the point where we we're convinced they were actually pretty good, they just had a lot of things going. And it's going to be early. either to the Lions or the Giants or the Commanders slash racial slurs, yeah. and those are games that were in hand that the Packers lost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- thinking back on it, yeah, you'll be like, man, how did they lose in London? Or man, you know, like, could you imagine it, even if they could have like pulled off an Eagles upset or something like? Damn. I'm just fully ad- adopting the brand of like, I'm not draft pick guy. I'm just like, I just want to be entertained. And that's, it is, it is what it is. I don't know. Like the difference yeah. between pick nine and pick 15, I understand the math of why that's important, but I don't care. 
on Sunday. We're not living for then. <laughs> kick We're off, living for I don't now, care. baby. <laughs> um, yeah. But then again, I'm an idiot. So there we go. Anyone else want to read some poetry? <laughs> sure. Let's do it. Calm me down. Yeah, chill out. I do have a candle going right in front of me as well. There you go. Feel good. Next time we go to the bar together, I'll I'll go up and order the drinks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. That calms me. We appreciate further. your height. I'm only six feet tall. It's not. Huh. You give you you give a taller energy off. Oh, thank you. Now I really need the Greg Olson drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Just All right. Wait. We're on a timer. <laughs> Look back on the draft, and what will you come to find? Players all over. <laughs> I say players because I still love when guys are like, that guy's a football player. Um, but, you know, man, it's weird to think about the fact that the Packers had two first round picks. One of them basically didn't play any like type of role until Monday night where we saw glimpses of Devontae Wyatt. And still, I feel like we can already say this is a pretty decent draft if things like guys would have to fall off a cliff at this point. Like Quay Walker is looking like he's going to be very good. He he he's already good and has a really high ceiling. You could say the same exact thing about Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Like they have like I would say Watson has like, you know, top ten receiver in the league potential. Yep. Um, and is trending that way and scoring a whole bunch. And then Dobbs like just, barely played he just catches half everything. this season. And he's just catching everything and he's like fourth in the league. Uh, amongst rookies for touchdowns but then you look at like the little role players like Enic Barre, oh, yeah. Zach Tom I think is like the highest rated um you know I we say what you want about PFF but like he's he's looking very good in his uh pass protection reps and is the highest graded rookie pass protector according to them like that in itself is enough and let alone whether or not Devontae Wyatt actually hits which I think maybe we'll start to see more. like he He's in a position where he's basically just going to start next year when Dean Lowry gets the hell out of town, right? Like, yeah. I think he has to be. Um, so you're looking at a situation where you can probably come away with, at minimum, four starters going into next year from this draft. It's pretty solid. Minimum three. Minimum three, possibly yeah, four. Yeah, depending on what happens at offensive line, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be higher than that. Like, I, my, mine, I'm factoring are Quay, the two receivers. Minimum three, possibly four with Wyatt, potentially five, because who the hell is going to play left tackle on the Packers? We don't know. Maybe it's Zach Tom. Like, yeah. that's that's a that is the type of retooling when you're like in this transition period that you need. So I just got to say I called um, Goot a coward. I didn't call him a coward, but I was like insinuating he didn't have like that final step in him to just pull the plug on Rodgers. But I have to give him a lot of credit because a draft that I think we were excited about how much capital they had actually is going to yield probably more than you would be reasonably expect um, from it. So um, hell yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking about. Hell yeah. <laughs> Most positive we've been all year. Let's go. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> they got football players on that, on that football team. You were checking my positivity the other day. Yeah, sorry. I don't, I'm very. He I'm really, a roller coaster. He, I'm, not, I'm unstable. No, my my guy really sways 
with uh with momentum in a in a way that I find endearing um until you get him on a downturn. He's a complicated fella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Nick, did you write some poetry for us? Yeah, I've got a little something. Let me shake it out. Relax a bit. We got 4.30 on the production clock. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Watson, Dobbs, Lizard. On the field, at the same time, gives me real feelings. Greg Olson drop. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, it's the first time I've had any movement all season, and 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 uh, you know, interpret that however you'd like. <laughs> it just, it was just. I mean, it it just felt like they had a more than capable receiving core. We hit on it a little earlier, but then you you bring Aaron Jones, who's a very very capable receiver, and you figure out that pony system if. If AJ Dillon and him can split carries at the way that they have been all season, and then Tunyon looked all right too, like that's a that's a legitimate offense yeah. that is going to grow into hopefully something that is you know um, just as potent as maybe not just as potent as it has been, but like it has the potential, like it could make the the loss of Devante a lot more palatable. And just earlier on this season, like what did you expect? You had two Wookie, rookie and <laughs> Wookie, rookie <laughs> wide receivers. That's hard to say that you had to rely way too much on who were plagued with some bad injuries. Um, it just, I, I just to see, you know, December football with them all on the field is just like, it's giving me hope for next year and that and i feel i feel joyful yeah (laughs) well it's a season of joy so it's it's, it is a season of joy yeah maybe maybe it's the the extracurriculars maybe it's because we're gonna bake some cookies after this have some eggnog really is that what we're doing over there i see some holiday lights oh yeah yeah you you like the decor (laughs) i put all that up i don't know you know um, it's a season of giving and I'm giving love and adoration to what I think could be a good Packers offense. Yeah. And it's the first time that I haven't brought a ton of negativity. Well, you, you, you talked about, that. you know, whether or not this could, this, this group that you identified could, uh, could blossom into something that's as potent as, you know, the last version of a potent Packers offense. But I, I would argue also that, um, you know, the last version of a potent Packers offense, which is when Devontae was on the team, was was really Matt LaFleur kind of fitting his system around the star players that were already there. And I think now we start to see some of the foundation, um, foundational pieces of of how Matt LaFleur might actually, you know, construct a roster from scratch to execute his offense. A lot of different kind of receivers, a run heavy team. Um, and I'm excited for that because the quarterback starts to matter less in that scheme. That's the whole Shanahan thing. I mean, yep. Brock Purdy's going that's to the That's why playoffs. Brock Purdy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, I well, think that's a really good point. And, um, something that we all hopefully get to look forward to, but you know what? 11 point, whatever percent it ain't done yet. 
12.2%, baby. And with that, I'm going to hit the polka because we got 40 seconds left. Uh, Degenerate Corner, you just want to like give me like one prop. Did you find something? If you didn't, that's fine. I got one. I got one. And this is uh, more of a statement about Kashawn Nixon. Packers team total, 22 and a half. Over, baby. We are a scoring machine. <laughs> Let's go. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're hitting the buzzer soon, so I'm just going to ride that. I've got confidence in my boy. Let's ride Taking it. Taking the over on the points. Can they beat the Miami Dolphins in Miami? It's not going to be hot. It's going to be cool, apparently, and maybe rainy. Hmm. So that's a wild card game. That's a berserker. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Can the Packers get another win? They need them all and some help. 12.2% and climbing, baby. Let's do it. Woo! All right. Uh, for them, I'm me. Keep it locked in. AcmePackingCompany.com all week for all your Packers content needs. Playoffs, baby. Let's do it. Let's get there, I guess. Somehow. Sure. All right. That's all. The free Zoom has ended in the nick of time. Peace, guys. Go Paco.